Episode 13 of the podcast is with Knott's Forest sports scientist Sam Joyce. Sam talks about his views and philosophies on growing up strong and how many coaches are only level one networkers. He also talks about his new role and how he's going to approach going into a new club. Please subscribe and share the show with anyone you think may benefit. And if you haven't done so already, head over to iTunes to leave a review, which will enter you into our latest competition and give you a chance of winning Damien Hughes' latest book, The Barcelona Way. Also, tickets are now available for our Knotts Network meeting on the 22nd of February. Uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite. We're going to be at Knotts County with Johnny Wilson speaking and loads of networking opportunities with other coaches. So you can head over to any of our social media or search straight on Eventbrite for tickets. Tickets are free, so we want to see as many coaches there as possible. Here's the episode with Sam. Welcome to episode 13 of the Football Fitness Federation podcast. Today I'm joined with another good friend of Football Fitness Federation, Sam Joyce. Joyce, how's things? Very good, mate. Very good. Hectic this end, but um, yeah, all good, mate. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that in a second, but I, I appreciate your time today, mate. I know it's a really busy time for you, so I really do appreciate you giving some time for us. No, I uh, appreciate you asking me to come on. Um, the other ones have been really good so far and obviously some really good information coming out of them. So, uh, so happy to happy to chat. Well, that's nice one, mate. That's good to hear. So just start us off on your background, yeah. um, your experience, and then just take us up to like current day or what's going to happen in the very near future. Yeah, okay. So, um, so I went to uni. I wanted to be a football coach. Um, Went and did a foundation degree, University of South Wales, football coaching and performance, it was called. And then that progressed onto a three-year uh, undergrad into sports coaching and performance. Um, and that was like a mix of analysis, um, UA for B license, strength and conditioning module. And on the S&C module, Ian Jeffries was a lecturer. And he was unbelievable, like jumping on the desks, running around, like got the proof so passionate. And he made us passionate about it and like, almost like lit the fire for me in terms of like strength and conditioning as, as, a, as an area of interest and what I want to go and do. So that's what I focused on from then. Um, finished there and then went at the same time I started a master's straight after I moved back home to Leicester, started a master's at Coventry Uni just uh, on a Wednesday. And then I emailed, must have been about 65, 66 clubs on LinkedIn, literally just got the email addresses off there, put a message out saying, I'll come and do it, anything, can I come and shadow, can I come and, have you got anything full-time internship, anything like that, I'll just come and get some experience. Um, I was about to go up to Rotherham and then uh, the guy who I was going to work with got, unfortunately got let, let go and then I just got a call from um, from Gareth Richards at Nottingham Forest who's not there anymore but um, just saying, want to come in for a chat and it was really informal and then from there I was the, under 18s and 23s intern um, alongside the Masters. So really, really right place, right time uh, for that. Um, and that was really, really good. Let me let me take a, see a professional environment properly. Um, the players in there were good level players. There was people like Jamal Lascelles, who's the club captain at Newcastle now. Benny Osborne, who's played so many games for Forest and is uh, really, really consistent and fans' favourite. There's top level players in there and loads of co- really good coaching staff. So I learned what it was like. Took a few uh, rollickings, um, saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, or acting not not the most appropriate, maybe on the on the 
don't know, say, I remember one time I tried to ask a coach a question as he was doing his match warm-up and he just literally looked at me like and gone, I'm working. And then later, <laughs> later, later on explained like, there's a time and a place sort of thing. But you only know these things, you only realise these things if you go and do it. Like you don't, They don't teach you that at, at uni. Um, and then eventually got, got given a job uh, in the 1916s, overseeing that at Forest. Put something really good in place. There was nothing there before. That wasn't a job there before. Um, so me and the head of strength and conditioning at the academy started within six months of each other. So he came in with loads of ideas. A really, a really good mentor for me, Brent Dickinson. And um, we sort of put the whole program in place as it is now from under nines up to 23s, really. And then two years later, I moved up to the under 18 squad. So that was my team. Um, and the, the job title was a under 18 sports scientist. So I did a bit of a, a bit of a general role there with that squad um, and still helping out with the young guys. Um, and then yesterday uh, I left that job because I'm on Monday in three, four days time. I'm flying out to America um, to start a new role out there in soccer. Um, so I've got to try and uh, try and brush up on my, on, on my terms, cleats and pinnies and uh, how to how score a PK and all that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah really exciting opportunity and uh, um, after six and a half years at Forest it's, it's been really really good and it's now time for a new uh, a new challenge I'm going to flip this on its head mate so the, the stuff we've discussed before about the order we're going to go into some of yeah. the topics I'm going to go straight to the bottom Okay. I'm going to get you to give some tips because you've just mentioned there about creating an opportunity for yourself and a massive sort of life change you want in a different country what's your biggest tips on developing opportunities like that um so 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 everyone everyone probably that's coming out of university will do almost like level one networking so like the first step of networking is what i did which is like scattergun emails out um listen to a few podcasts maybe and try and get yourself on an internship but it's the in my opinion the profession now is that saturated that an internship is almost like everyone's nearly everyone's going to get one of them or you'd be competing with people for, to get a job who have done an internship as well so you then have to go and do something else and do something extra so we've got inter we had interns at forest who were working with us say for four days uh, of the week and they had the other three off and we encouraged them well i, I certainly encouraged them, the guy that i was working with to go and do something else in one of his days off or one or two of his days off so if he's working with his full-time mainly on sports science can he get himself over to a rowing club in nottingham or to a netball club and go and do take some gym take some warm-up you know just go and watch them train work with the coaches just uh really really give yourself as expose yourself to as many different environments as possible like nick grantham i did a webinar for football fitness federation on this sort of subject and i mentioned nick being an inspiration to me in terms of that thing and he always told he told a good story about um when he was younger, he just, I'm not sure it was him or, or someone he knew, but they just, similar sort of thing, didn't really know how to get experience and stuff. So they just emailed charities that people run the marathon for. So say like uh, Cancer Research or whatever, they just emailed those and went, um, the people that run the marathon for you, do you ever send them a, a training program or how to plan for your marathon? And they were like, no. And he said, well, I'll volunteer it voluntarily. I'll, I'll write you one. And that, that happened and it came through and all of a sudden it's gone from no experience to 
I'm writing training programs for hundreds of people that are, do, are running a marathon. So it's really like outside the box. So and that that's where you, that's where you start to think about like level two, level three self development rather than just getting an internship or emailing out there to see if there's any offers and any opportunities and stuff. You've really got to get yourself out there, think outside the box, and do things like the football fitness federation meetings that are free like it's an absolute no-brainer to come to come to things like that um i think uh, just a little bit of getting yourself out there probably isn't enough anymore yeah you gotta go that next level haven't you and that's it shows with a lot of the guests we've had on this and that come to the meetings like they're all the guys that do that and it's just trying to get that word out to more and more people so coming from a coach like yourself who's created not only the opportunity at Forest and worked your way up at Forest, but now going into this this role in the States, like it's massive to come from someone like you. So people need to listen up and action it. Yeah, and I think it's not it's not um if you've got a good plan, it's not difficult. It may maybe maybe I'm I'm picking from a privileged position having been in it for six odd years, but it's not difficult to build a a, a set of people that you're keeping in constant contact with or I go, just ask some questions. Ask some. Ask people some questions. It doesn't have to be in person at first. Ask, email someone and ask. Oh, how did you? What do you think of this? And what what does your environment do when this happens? Or how do you work with this sort of research? Um, simple things like that. Uh, and and also, I would say, don't get bogged down in trying to get into pro sport straight away. There's unbelievable things happening in grassroots, semi-pro, non-league, etc and unbelievable people to learn from and environments to learn from the more difficult the challenging the environment the more you'll learn and the more it'll develop you so um so i wouldn't i wouldn't be almost like snobby and go on i'm just looking for a pro club or only a cat one academy or anything like that i would just expose yourself to as many different opportunities as possible and environments as possible yeah and going on to a bit more about what you're doing and what you've done previously you've obviously got your podcast as well which i've listened to quite a few episodes of now you had a few of the guests that we've had you had jordan on there yeah. uh, mark reed and a few others as well um it's called growing up strong yeah. uh, so if any of the guys haven't listened to any of that you've got quite a few episodes on there and i i do recommend to go and listen to them but why did you go with that name and I, i'm guessing that sort of ties in with your general philosophies on on training as well yeah so so um, I wanted to start one for a while um, because I found myself. I, I really love podcasts as a tool because um, you can listen to them at any, like driving the car. You can put one in the background at home if you're doing a, like some house jobs or whatever. Like books are fantastic as well, but you you, you got to be sat and sat and, uh, and fully concentrated on that if you're gonna if you're gonna learn from it. So love podcasts, and I found myself listening to things like Rob Pacey, fantastic podcast, and scrolling through trying to find the ones that are about adolescents and children because um, that was my interest area because um, that was the job I was in so I thought there must be other people doing that so I'm, I, why not start one that's just focused on that um, as a little niche sort of thing so I thought about calling it like the athletic development podcast or the adolescent podcast but I, I, I'm not sure that I wanted it to be I didn't want it to be too structured and formal so if you've listened to any of the podcast or anyone else anyone else has it it's really it's really like unstructured and just a chat and we take it anywhere. And there's only, I think one or two questions are the, the same every time. Uh, so I didn't want it to make it too formal. And then exactly like you say, 
my philosophy as a strength and conditioning coach first and foremost is a strength foundation being being the the most important thing before we move on to everything else so the notion of growing up strong from a young age uh is one that really connected with me and as soon as i thought of that as soon as that name popped into my head i was like yeah that's the one that's it and then i cracked on with like getting the um getting the cheesy intro sorted out and stuff like that <laughs> so with your experience so taking that into consideration with your experience in uh, different ages so you've obviously you said before you worked with was it as low as under nines you were with forest yeah so you were under nines right up to first team uh up to under 23s 23 so yeah. you're working with like adults at, at that level so what was the the biggest things you took from working through the system like that like what was your biggest learnings as you went through the the age groups up into essentially like a first team age yeah um two things I could probably think in terms of the actual strength development, you could really tell the kids that join us at a later age. Yeah. So the, the kids that have been in our system that we put in, in place and, or, or not, not to smoke, blow smoke up our own ass, but all kids that have been in, um, a system that has done strength training since they were young or some sort of physical training since they were young. Um, you could tell from the lads that come over maybe from another country, another continent that, that it's a different culture and they don't do that. You could massively tell the difference. So I, I really think there's a, I really think there's a, there's some, a lot of positive things to be said for beginning strength training um, before, before under 18s, if you like, before full time. Um, I know most people are doing that now, um, but it's really interesting to see, yeah, the ones that have been doing it with us since they were nine years old, coming up through until they're under eighteen, and then the one, the ones that, that haven't, or the ones that have just joined later on, and the difference is there. Obviously, it's not, it's not always going to be the case. You get some guys that are really athletic anyway, or you get some guys that haven't been quite pushing themselves, so they're not, they're not make the most of it. But I would say that's the first thing is that you can note you can really notice the difference of people that have been in your specific environment and people that haven't and that to be fair that probably goes for the football side of it as well and then secondly the which is away from the like gym stuff the soft skills you need so like the de- dealing with individuals so the the demeanor that you deal with under 9s to 12s and what you're doing with them is completely different to how I deal with under 18s and 23s um they might say I've got a childish sense of humour anyway, so it'd be exactly the same. But I think there's a slight difference there. Um, but I think the individuals that you deal with <clears throat> through every age group will stand you in good stead to work with to work with anyone because young lads you've got shy, you've got loud, you've got attention seeking, you've got really don't want to talk to anyone, don't want to make eye contact. Then at adolescence, you've got all those emotions flowing through your body, all that, everything happening, what happened. Imagine how tough it was growing up, being a teenager, and then add on top of that, you're in a pro club and you've got all the pressure from people to, to push on and make it. Uh, I'm like These kids are fantastic to, for doing what they do and uh, sometimes don't get the praise they deserve. And then further on <clears throat> into late adolescence and adulthood, what's now what are the what's the motivation is it a new contract is it a loan move is it more money is it a bigger car so in terms of the things that people uh, are going through at that time and what motivates them and how to deal with that i think working in an academy through younger age groups 
can can prepare you for for working with most people. And what and focusing a little bit more on more like recent years where you've been up eighteen, twenty three sort of ages. Yeah. And this is a bit of a broad broad question, but we can go into more detail on it. But what are you we or were you or are that doesn't make sense at all. What <laughs> What were your key areas of focus for players in strength training programs? So in terms of like, where did you focus there? And, and the reason I picked those ages is because they're a little bit more, um, they're a bit closer together. So forgetting more about the academy ages for now, going on to more 18s, 23s and any lads that would be up in first team as well. What what would be your key areas of focus? Yeah. So our our philosophy was bulletproof players. Um, that were constantly getting quicker, stronger, and jumping higher. So there'd be strength in there. There'd be power in there. Um, there'd be a lot of hamstring. Um, so, so obviously, there's loads of debate on hamstring things like Nordics or, or uh, sliders or isometrics or things like that. Uh, we we found it a really good, a really positive thing, and a really key thing to have. Um, have like a really mixed program with the with the hamstrings, so some some get sometimes in the programs there would be Nordics in there. Sometimes there will be isometrics. Sometimes there will be things like sliders and more eccentric work, and we'll mix it up again. And but some of those things will be happening at the same time, rather than isolating and focusing on. Well, I just need a Nordics hit, or we just need this. Um, I think it's some, something definitely something to be said for a mixed approach to that, in specifically, um, and then again alongside my personal philosophy once the strength focus is there it allows our older lads to to real really push on and try and develop power so things like squat jumps and and being able to move load quickly um with things that we, we 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 like to focus on um and then also we don't forget the stuff outside so we want to be the fittest team uh we always want to be the fittest team like we want to run over other teams be relentless like a couple of years back, uh, they used to have a thing in the 18s where if we scored to go one nil up, we'd go and get the ball out of the goal, bring it back to the middle and put it down again. Like, right, we're going again. Like, we'll come at you again. Um, and it was just the attitude that was ingrained from the coach into the players, into the physical side. And we're really lucky enough, really lucky to have coaches uh, and academy manager that backs that as well. Um, so he wants to drive and develop power and he wants to be really, really fit on the field. So yeah, I would say, I would say bulletproof first and foremost, then constantly developing, and then finally unbeatable on the pitch in terms of there's, there's no one else where we are. Just to expand on the hamstring uh, stuff that you touched on, then yeah, uh, it, it has been a bit of a trend, hasn't it, recently with like Nordics and the people have put. Sometimes I think people put all their eggs in one basket, like you're saying, and they're and they're forgetting about all the other tools that we can use. How would you? Would it literally be like a mixed approach that you took, where you just be like using different things for different phases, or was it planned out in a certain way? Like when we spoke to Mark Reed, they were using more of a triphasic model. Was there any sort of model that you guys use with that? Um, not so. It wasn't a model as such in terms of in terms of like a triphasic or something like that, like Mark was using. But we would we would try and get we would try and like you say not put all our eggs in one basket. So we didn't want to isolate just one exercise and say that's the one, that is our one and only hamstring hit. So in our sessions, it, it, our 
for example, Nordics wouldn't even necessarily have to be part of the gym session. We'd just do it. We'd just go in the gym and do a hit of, I don't know, two times three at the end of a training session. And that was our little Nordic hit for that week. And then in the gym sessions, there might be something else in there, like a nicer, uh, like a, I don't know, a, uh, eccentric exercise or a, uh, one where you've got to like catch yourself on one leg on a bench or, or, and things like that. So it's not necessarily a phase in terms of going through the gym program. It doesn't even necessarily have to be part of that. It's just a mixed approach to, to that area specifically. And, um, and how many, basically the bulletproof thing is, is massive. So I know there's a lot of research on, people are arguing why would nordics be good because that they, they only they only work at certain uh certain ranges certain angles and that's not what happens in sprinting and things like that but again it's, it's part of the toolbox like you say um so i don't i don't see the need to get really hit up about nordics or arguing that we should use them we shouldn't use them i think uh we've found and again it's only one club but we've had some really good we've had some really good uh results with using that mix using that mixed approach which includes sprinting because the lads, to get better at sprinting you have to do it um so that i'd say that was even that was part of a part of the tools um so yeah it's no, not nothing specifically within the programs that are built like that and um, that i can that i can think of but um but more of a mixed more of a mixed approach mixed style and then with the power development stuff, were you using any velocity uh, velocity based training or anything like that? Yeah, so we're lucky enough to have um, some gym aware uh, technology, and and uh, yeah, we uh, we like doing that in our power sessions uh, with the PDP guys. Um, not always, um, but we do. We've definitely used it before. Um, and like like I say, being able to move, being able to move weight quickly um, through through I know people, some people don't like it, but through the tri- like triple extension, um, it's become a real it's become a real target for us. So driving that, and then and it and it helps when you can make it competitive. You can have it, have the scores on the TV. You can have the lads trying to beat their own score and hit their own targets. Um, so that helps with the gym sessions, and you know, we had a little personal like PB bell at one point. So when you want, once you hit your PB or smash your target, you go and ring the bell, um, which is some, which is something I think we we got from somewhere else, but it's, it was really cool. Um, yeah, so the the velocity based training is a it's something I didn't know a lot about before, and then Brent showed me a, a few things and, and brought it in, and we've seen some really cool results. And again, not possible to do that properly without the, the the strength foundation that there is in the younger age groups yeah and i think that's a really valuable thing that you mentioned before in terms of the players getting competitive in that because i think in some and this is just my experience in in some power um, or speed development work sometimes you can be talking to players about how important it is about how fast you're moving and all that sort of stuff but when if they can see it visually in numbers and it, like you said, it's in front of the face, it's on a screen, they're, they might be competing against a mate or competing against themselves from previous weeks. I think that's really important, isn't it? And it gets the buy-in from the players. Definitely. These, these, the lads are competitive animals, they're professional athletes, so they want to win anything ever. <laughs> if you put, make a competition out of something, they want to win it. 
um, with the with things like the personal best uh, ringing the bell and stuff as a as a group and for the environment it pushed it on and it made that was that was just a little almost like a little gimmick that we had but it was it made the energized the gym sessions if you like that people were going and everyone had to like clap and cheer cheer and like make shout if someone hit a pb and stuff like that and obviously you're always going to get you're always going to get a couple of lads who think that's they're too cool for that or couple bad apples that don't buy into it but i think if you can push the environment to be better and to be energized then you've just got to concentrate on that because you're never going to be able to do anything that appeases every single person at the same time yeah and and just to go full circle with it to take you back to the younger age groups you spoke about obviously growing up strong the, the strength foundation but would they do any any power work? Would they do any? They obviously do speed work within the games and the training. But what? How would you approach power and speed with the with younger players? Um, so the gym work, the gym work starts at under thirteen. Um, so before that, it's multi sports, it's games, uh, you know, disguised strength work, things like that. Um, but the the when I say getting strength, getting the strength right first, it, it really is that. So <clears throat> the the gym sessions lower down will be like Kelvin Giles is is philosophy on just getting brace, rotate, hinge, squat, lunge. You know all, all those those areas and hitting them really, hitting them hard and getting getting very very good at those basics. We want to challenge the body and then when that challenge is met move it on and challenge it again in a different way. Um, so the strength stuff is really the, the the massive part of our of our youth development phase, if you like, under 13s to, to 16s. Um, uh, in terms of power, actual power training, that wouldn't really start until you get closer to being a full-time athlete. So under 15, under 16 would be the time when we start to try and develop that. Don't get me wrong, there's, there's plyometric things in there um, at a younger age group. And they, people will do will do things like hops and hopscotch, jumping on a box and things like that. But it's really specific power training is is brought in at a later age at Nottingham Forest just because we, we'd like to have that real strong strength foundation first and then and then develop it from there. And on to the, the multi-sports, you just touched on that. How does that work? And is that something that you guys brought in or was that was that running already? Yeah, no, there was nothing before. It's something we brought in. Like, um, being there six years, I've, I think there's only three members of staff that were still there when I started, when I left yesterday. Um, so we've had like a new head of the foundation phase who's come in and be really open to to doing some physical stuff that's been good so we get basically get a slot at the start of the session and we put two or three games on whether it be like things like British Bulldog uh, and then we'll have like we've got some little bits of equipment out of the box so we've got some basketballs we've got some tennis rackets and stuff and we'll just get like groups of 10 12 10 minute slot have a little go at that have a little game of British Bulldog and loads of different rules into that for 10 minutes and move on to the tennis for 10 minutes and then going back to your football and then just getting a little hit every day um, again, a real good challenge for the age that age group to work on um, for, the, for our, our coaches. Like we have our interns in there in those sessions as well, working with us. So it's a good challenge for them to to come and try and deal with uh, 
try and deal with 15 nine-year-olds that don't want to do that they just want to go and play head tennis but once you're once you're actually in in the game and it's fun and you've made it you've made it competitive there's uh, it's the same as when you work with the under 23s you make it competitive and one team's going to win then uh then they, they'll get engaged and um it just lets them have it just lets them have an exposure to movements in loads of different planes uh in loads of different ways that they wouldn't usually get from just playing football and just back onto, and I'm sort of moving around quite a lot of all different ages, but back onto the, the older age groups, when you're running your strength sessions, how would they work practically? Because um, we, we spoke um, with a few different people on the podcast and they've, they've worked in different ways in terms of they have a set group or working with set age groups at certain times. I know you mentioned before that you were with the 18s for a while. So was it just the 18s that you were taking into the gym? Yeah, so the... the the age groups will have their set times to go in, yeah. So it's usually the same day. Um, the 18 is a really easy age group in terms of logistics because they always play on a Saturday and we always had the same day off in the week and stuff like that because the lads have got on our education programme as well. So we always had a Wednesday and Sunday off, always played on a Saturday, so we could we could uh, have logistically, it was really easy to fit in. So we always had gym on the same days. Um, we always had that one group in there so they know that that's their time to go in the gym and it's not negotiable or, or anything like that 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 is the time to go in the gym um and the standards we we drive the standards so high there that that there's things like if you if if lads if the gym's at two o'clock the door's shut at two like no one gets in if you come in but one past two you don't get in like we, we, you have to drive it. That the lads at Forest still clean the boots of the first team. Standards are so high, and they're and they're they're expected to keep it so high that nothing like that is is um, accepted. I love the fact they still do that. And that was one thing I was thinking of a few weeks ago. That I don't, you don't see that anywhere now, do you? Apparently not. Apparently not. But I've not seen. Any, I've never seen it different at Forest since I've been there. That they've done the boots. They have to. Uh, yeah, they get assigned a player, so the goalies will do the GK's boots, and some some people get assigned the gaffer and the, the coaches and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, nearly every morning when the first team are in training, they'll spend the first fifteen minutes of the day um, cleaning the boots, and then they'll crack on. So it sounds like a like a lot of your you guys operate obviously come from above, and I want you approaching your new role as well because obviously you can't the role too much because you're not in it yet you don't it's going to be something new but can you just touch on like how how playing style how coaching style of the coaches that you've worked with has affected what you do and also how you're going to approach going into your role because I think it would be great for some of the coaches to hear about the way you're thinking about what you're going to do when you first go over there what sort of things you're looking out for um, obviously, then the thing, the areas that you can affect the most, and just touch on that for us. Yeah. So, first of all, unbelievably lucky to work with loads and loads of good coaches um, at Forest. So, since I've been there, we've had Steve Chettle, obviously Gary Brazil was still there, Jack Lester, Kevin McDonald, Jimmy Gilligan. We've had so many good coaches, um, ex-pros and not ex-pros, that have, that have taught me so much about. First of all dealing with people dealing with squads and, and players but actual like I thought I knew about football <coughs> until I worked with these guys 
they'll just see the game completely differently. They can't watch a game and just watch it as a fan. They 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 can they all see the patterns of play. They see they can't the brain is not wired like that, which is really cool to see and impressive to see them work. Um, but in terms of in terms of my role and the role of us as a department, it we just I just see myself as a supporting mechanism to the to the football, especially in the academy. We're we're trying to develop players. Well, and not not especially in the academy, I suppose. It's, it's, that's that is what it is. It is a service. I see it as a service to the players. So I'm provide. I've got to provide the best possible service that I can to those players and those coaches. So whether that be it, it's really holistic and everyone has a view, or I'm good at it because I know every player in so much detail and I'm knowing new players is a massive thing, or I. I I train our players on the pitch to exactly how the coach wants to work. If the coach wants a really pressing team, we have to make our lads really, really, really uh, aerobically fit, really powerful and really good at stopping, starting. And uh, so we do see it as a service to them. So I know that I know it's, it's pretty obvious, but you're never going to win a game because of what I do, but you might lose one because of what I do. Yeah. So um, you're never going to win a league because of what I do. But again, you might lose one. So I've got taken it over there, which now I've been in, in it all the way through the academy, and now it's a first team job. It'll be similar. It'll be the same in terms of it. it's a service to the to the to the football. And I've spoke to the manager a lot about a philosophy and how we want to play and things like that. But also. I've never. I wasn't the head of department at Forest, so and now I am. Now I'm the. I'm the. It's on. It's on me. It's my decisions. It's. My, it's exactly what I want to implement. Um. So when I go over there, uh. Obviously, I, I don't know too much about what was there before, but I've been doing a little bit of research in terms of speaking to the physios and stuff over there, and um. I know they've got some really cool connections with people and, and some really good staff um so it's, it's, it's exciting to be in a place where i can go over there and, and implement my own thing and my own ideas and all i want to do is take it to the next level so all cons- consistently providing a better service every time because if as soon as things start to go stale or start to plateau and you're just doing the same thing over and over again that's when it becomes difficult and that's when it becomes it's not great for you or your players so it's that old thing of uh, have 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 you got a one year's experience over and over again rather than five years experience? Uh, are you providing one year's worth of sports science over and over again rather than a constantly developing uh, service? And that's what I aim to be the, the the best the best sports science service to my players in that league. And we again we spoke loads on the podcast pretty much everyone about relationships building relationships you obviously spoke about uh, the relationship with the coaches that you've got at Forest yeah what's the plan when you first go over because again I think this is really good information for anyone listening that what's your plan in terms of going over there building relationships with players building relationships with coaches obviously you've got a bit of that already from speaking to them but when you get over there what's the sort of your focus on getting those relationships right um so first and foremost I, I'm not I'm going to be myself so I'm not by any stretch of the imagination I'm not a shouter and a baller 
uh, at people like that. Do you don't be taking any bad banter, bad jokes yeah. or anything because the Americans yeah. don't it. That's the thing. I've got to be. I've got, I've got to train, train myself to be less sarcastic because I just don't. <laughs> I just know how it's going to translate. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not going to try and be something I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not an authoritarian. I'm not a shouter. I'm not a, a military sort of general or anything like that. I see at the academy. I saw myself as like a, a big brother to the players. So I wanted. The, I wanted them to know that I wanted the best for them, and I was willing to do things to help. Um, it's clear where the line is and it's clear when I make what I expect, but, um, I'm not a, I'm not one that's going to, that's going to try and go over there and pretend to be this big, um, this big like authoritarian person because it's not what I am. So I say that's the most key thing is to develop relationships through, uh, being yourself and generally being genuinely invested in the people. So I'm going to go over there and I'm going to talk to the players about, yes, football or soccer. Yes, what we're going to do, what the plan is, but also what's, how's the family life? How's the, how's your son? Uh, you know, did you, it, did your dog get back from the vets all right? Those little things I think can go, if you know your players and you, you show that you're genuinely interested in them as, a, as people, not just faceless squad members then I think it's, it can go a really, really long way. What's your sort of ideas on like the first thing you're going to implement or is that a case of getting over there and seeing and taking it from there? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So um, because, it, because it's so far away, obviously I've not had the chance to go out first. Um, so I'm going to get there and I've got two weeks before the lads are in for pre-season so I'm going to go in and just sort of take stock of what there is and have a proper sit-down meeting with the physio about what there's been before um, but I know before that it was just the, the head physio doing everything so I know that he would have been stretched really thin and they wouldn't have been able to provide a service as, as I put it like they like they can do so now there's two of us now I'm there in my role I can I can straight away the way I see it is I can straight away make take it up a level and make it make it really more streamlined. So monitoring goes in straight away. Um, the certain the strength the strength stuff that I want goes in straight away. My style of conditioning on the pitch goes in straight away. And luckily, having spoken to the manager <clears throat> about his philosophy and what he wants, he he understands it. It's a physical league, and and he wants to push players physically as well, and 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 get better like in, in that area. So really exciting to to go and do it, but. Yeah, it's, it's one of those where I've got to go over there and sort of take stock for the first couple of days in terms of in terms of where we can take it. Well, we wish you uh, all the best over there, mate. We know you'll smash it, but uh, it'd be great to catch up with you maybe in, when you get settled over there and have a chat again about how what you've put in place and how you've actually found going into a new role like that because I think that's great for guys to hear. So if you're up for that, we'd be uh, definitely up for getting you back on. Yeah, definitely. You might have, I might have a little bit of a twang to my accent. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know what Leicester, I don't know what Leicester slash American sounds like, but I don't think it'll be good. But, uh, Not about, mate. Yeah, I know, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's cool, mate. That that's, sounds like a good idea. And let me get settled and, um, and put a few things in place. And once we get started, then I'll, um, I'll keep in touch. Yeah, top man. And I, I honestly really do appreciate you taking up the time today, mate. I know it's close to 
you're moving over there and you're trying to get everything sorted and like you said leaving Forest yesterday so I do appreciate you taking up the time and uh, I hope the guys have taken plenty from what you've had to say today so thanks a lot no thank you mate it's been an absolute pleasure um, if anyone's got any questions um, about anything I've said or want to ask any get me on Twitter um, I'll be on the Football Fitness Federation page anyway and and um, yeah feel free to ask away yeah, and you're, are you Coach Joycey on Twitter? Is that right? Coach underscore Joycey, yeah, that's it. Joycey, yeah, cool. Real, I'll put that in the show notes as well, mate. But okay. no, thanks again, and uh, all the best over there, and I'll, I'll catch up with you um, once you're settled over there. Yeah, sound, mate. Thank you very much. Top man. Thanks, mate. See you, mate. See ya. Bye. Thanks to Sam for coming on the show. Like I said in the episode, he's literally days away from getting on a plane and moving over to the state. So I really do appreciate him taking the time out, trying to move everything out of his flat and sort of his car out and all the rest of it and, and giving up some time to come and speak to me. So I really appreciate that. You can follow him on Twitter at coach underscore Joycey. And his podcast is just called Growing Up Strong. If you go and search that on um, with, however you listen to your podcast, whichever pro- podcast provider you use, search for Growing Up Strong and his podcast will come up, like I said, on the show. I've listened to a few episodes and they were really, really good. He's had a few coaches on that we've had already. Um, so really do recommend going listening to that. Um, I, I'm also going to get an approach Sam in a few months and getting back on to speak about uh, how it's gone at the new club, how the move went and what he's put into place because he's got um, things ready to go over in the US but like all these things when you when you get over there and you get stuck in things might be a little bit different to how you think so it'd be great to speak to him again and see what he's actually managed to put in place and the effect he's had I think some of the biggest takeaways from this episode for me uh, the fact he referred to some coaches level one networkers I thought was amazing I've never heard that before but it's definitely he's definitely right with what he says coaches sitting back just just listening to podcasts just going on the internships and just sending emails isn't enough now you have to go you have to go and do more you have to up your game you have to seek opportunities and that seems to be a common theme with all the coaches we speak to on the podcast um also the strength development work that he spoke about especially the hamstring work how they approached it at forest using a really varied approach a mixed program not just using one exercise um, exposing players to different exercises and different types of contractions throughout that movement and throughout that area of the body was key and I think that showed with the the injury record that he spoke about as well Um, you can also go and see more from Joycey on our our network our, our community so the community is available via our website which is footballfitfed.com if you click click the community tab at the top that'll take you through to the community you get one month free and then it is £4.99 after that but uh, Joyce has got a webinar on there called Becoming a uh, Constantly Evolving Practitioner so I really do recommend going listening to that Um, there's also like I've mentioned in previous podcasts there's webinars from Andy Wiseman um, and Jordan Tyra and we've got loads of uh, top coaches coming up as well that are going to be doing webinars for us so go and check that out go and enter the iTunes competition as well so all you need to do to enter that is go over to iTunes and leave us a written review that'll enter you into the competition and give you a chance of winning Damien Hughes' latest book The Barcelona Way like I mentioned at the start 
the not tickets for the Knotts meeting are now available. So on the 22nd of February, we're going to be over at Knotts County with Johnny Wilson speaking. Um, so this is your chance to come and network with coaches. Tickets are free. So like Joyce said in the episode, it's a free event. So please come down, give up your evening. It's 6 till 9 p.m. Come and meet coaches. You never know what opportunities are going to be made for meeting different coaches you also get to see johnny speak which i'm really i'm personally really looking forward to i've seen loads of his work on social media i've not actually ever seen him speak live so i'm really looking forward to that you can get the tickets tickets are available for free um, there's a link on our instagram page and also on twitter and finally we have after a long time coming myself and jordan tyra have developed an ebook the physical performance handbook which is a variety of different drills um, that you can use with players if you're a grassroots coach and you want some different drills to build strength and um, to build speed uh, you can go and grab this ebook also if you're a, a coach at a club working as an snc coach you need different ideas whether it's been with kids or whether it's a, a first team there's loads of different drills available in this in this handbook um, like I say, it's been a long time coming. You can go onto the website to get this. So if you go onto footballfitfed.com and click onto the shop at the top, it's available on there. It's $9.99. Um, and like I say, it's, it's available right now. So you can go over and purchase that and get loads of new drills to put into your coaching sessions. Thanks a lot again for listening. Um, keep growing the show. Keep pushing it. Keep pushing it to friends, family, colleagues. I really do appreciate everyone that shares it. So please please keep doing that for us you can follow us on instagram at football fit fed and twitter the same at football fit fed and i look forward to bringing you another episode with a brand new guest next week